This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Our next guest is someone I'm really excited about. I am a fangirl of hers, Natalie Grace Alford. She's a musician, yes. She does... Here, Hey, guys, can you tell I was a chirp DJ? She does, like, live loop stuff on stage where she sings and then loops it through stuff and then sings more, and it's awesome and mind-blowing, and her voice is amazing. She's also very funny and talented, and she hosts the, uh, uh, what is it, gallery? Cupcake Comedy Cabaret at Gallery Cabaret every Thursday. So um, you can catch her EP uh, which is Type of Wound by Googling her, Natalie Grace Alford. Guys, give her a big round of applause. Uh, give it up for Jen and her shortness. Give it up. <laughs> I love it. It makes it harder. Hold on. Same, look at that. All right, there we go. All right, how are we doing? Very good. I'll just get started. So, in 2013, I was trying to rebuild my life. All right, uh, things have been hard before, but I was willing to overlook that. And as I started to pick up the pieces, right, and I had lost one of my three part-time jobs in the city of Chicago, so I did a millennial tradition and moving to my mother's basement. It was great. It was a restaurant in Rosemont Convention Center, so it was about as pleasant as putting hot sauce in my orifices and dancing. That's how pleasant it was. That's, that's waitressing in general. Give, and tip your servers. But point is, I was working there at the time, and one day I'd shown up at 11 a.m., and I was ready for a double. Double's like going from 11 around to 4 a.m. And I was excited for this because I was going to make at least $200. I knew it. Right? And also, I had Christine and Mike, which are great to drink, with after work, you know, just to chill. So all the Chads and Ashleys from the suburbs of Chicago who say that they're not from the suburbs of Chicago, but they say they're from Chicago, they came in and they were, you know, I was working my tables. And then at one point, I could hear everything. This wasn't just, you know, hearing the room. I was talking to somebody, but I could hear the person over there trying to get gum from their friend. I could hear another person over there clank on their drink. I could hear the guy with too much hair gel who was complaining about his food at another table over. And as I looked up, I saw things bending. It was strange. It was weird. This had never happened to me before. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I decided to go and try to enter in the drinks. It's like, if I got the drink order wrong, I don't care. Just whatever. Whatever, Ashley. So I got to there, but then my fingers got numb. And it got worse because they started shaking, and then my wrists went. Now, I don't know if you've ever waitressed before, but you can't really get drinks or trays or anything like that. And it was a packed, packed room. And Christine could see me just looking at my hands, like hitting the keyboard. So she's like, Natalie, are you okay? And I was like, no. And she's like, look, you can go home. Don't worry about it. I'm like, thank you so much. And by the way, as a side note, in the background, um, the booty, 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 booty bounce remix was playing at this really sad, weird moment in my life. Doesn't help, okay? 
So I got home, and I was like, you know what? This is going to blow over. And I didn't realize that that was a first step into a long path where I was going to get lost. And unfortunately, that also brought in somebody that I cared about. But I'll get to that later. It's part of the first catch thing. I found out that it was bipolar disorder. And when you have that, you have visual and auditory hallucinations. I didn't know that at the time. I just thought I needed sleep. But the problem was, was that it was just going to get worse. You can't ignore something that festers. You cannot ignore something untreated. You cannot ignore something that builds up. Doesn't work. And a lot of people do that. And I was trying to do that too because I could neither afford it nor even want to comprehend it. And it's very likely if a bipolar disorder, you're going to abuse drugs and alcohol, okay? This was my go-to. Like I said, no insurance, right? And it's getting worse. So this is the perfect time in my life for my future husband to come in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened, right? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, too, all right? So I... I've been a gal around town, okay? So when I met him, I, like, I had known him for a year, and I just want to have a one-night stand with him where we might break up in two months, or I wouldn't be surprised if he broke up with me in one. It was, that's what I was going for, you know? I'm, you know, I wanted to date. And <laughs> but I fooled around and fell in love. Oh, I did. I did. And this time I fell in love with somebody who actually fell in love with me back. I was used to being hopeless. But this somebody had hope in me. And it was at the worst point for that to happen. He said, focus on what you love. Quit those jobs or you get your tits grabbed and, you know, asked, do you want a grandfather influence in your life by a party? Yeah, that happened. That happened, okay? Don't be surprised about Donald Trump, Tom. <laughs> so many guys like him. I've waited tables, okay? But he said, focus on what you love. Quit. That should be perfect. We moved into a great apartment a year later. I was a yuppie living housewife. But like I said, if something's growing and festering, it doesn't give a damn about how your life is going. Doesn't care if you're an actor. Doesn't care if you're homeless. Doesn't care if you are just starting to get that good job. Mm -mm. So about six months into it, I started hearing a knock, knock, knock. Pound, pound, pound. Back of the door. And we live in the city, so I think that we're getting broken into. But every time I went to the back door, no one was there. Then it turned into a thing where I was afraid I was going to hear the pound, pound, pound on the knock-knock at the door. So I decided to hide away as far as I could from the doors. Doors became an issue. All the doors became an issue. Bart didn't know what he was coming into anytime he came in. I couldn't drive anymore because I almost caused a car crash because I saw a car crash, and it turned out that was a hallucination, so it was just a really weird thing to explain. And my music was still playing in my car while I was trying to explain. It was so bad. So then finally, I knew that there was a point. He comes in one day. But then there was a dog. There was a fucking dog in my apartment running around, woo, woo, and then almost attacks me on my bed. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why you let him fucking dog? Like chasing around this dog. I was chasing this like dog. It was a big one too. I remember it. And he's like, wait, wait, what, what? 
And I was like, there's a dog. You let it in. What the hell is wrong with you? And I realized, by the way, he was looking at me. By his, not even heartbreak, just total sadness. He was like, honey, there's no dog. And I saw there was no dog. So I looked around, and tears started to well up in my eyes when I actually realized that this long-standing problem was affecting somebody that actually believed in me. The first person that believed in me, the first person that loved me completely and utterly. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry I'm like this. And he was like, honey, you didn't ask to be like this. So that night we filled out the application for Medicaid. Because now, I, I, it what happened that night? Because now I could afford it. Now this is after the expansion of Obamacare. That's true. Just saying. <laughs> and it was funny, too, because, uh, you know, one time I had talked with him about this, you know, I was like, honey, oh, my God, you know what? You're so great. Guys, some guys, like, say they, I don't want to date a girl with baggage. And he was just like, well, they're fucking virgins, so. <laughs> That's why he's a catch. <laughs> So, I started going to C4. It was a community center, and it was amazing. And of course, he was able to pay outside with um, a live therapy, right? I was taking therapy upon therapy, but Medicaid pays for most of that. And then one day, C4 closed. The place where I got an antipsychotic, the place where I was able to breathe, that I was able to accept things, that I was able to talk to other people from other walks of life. That made me realize the only difference between me and them was just family, friends, and a couple of finances. That's it. And it's closed. Found out that day. So now we pay out of pocket. We, as in my fiance. I know for a fact that the things that have happened to me because of the seriousness of my condition I will be a financial burden. Let me repeat that. I will be a financial burden. If I am kicked off of Medicaid, I will be a financial burden, not only to this person that has finally, the one person who believes in me, loves in me, and helps me, but to my family, to my friends, an emotional burden as well. But I can cook well. No, seriously, I, I can't kill it, you know, I can't try to reprove it. But also, I have the time now to be an activist. Wouldn't have had that if these things hadn't happened the way they did. Wouldn't have had time to have the fire under my ass by somebody, like I said, who loves me, believes in me, supports me. That wouldn't have been there. And all my cards are maxed out and... I definitely have a parking ticket. Oh my God, I don't know why I haven't been drawn and quartered by the city of Chicago. That shit is old. It's so old. And I routinely will just deny and push aside when people ask, why don't you drive a car? Why this or that? I'm like, oh, oh, lady driver heels. I'll say that shit, but I really know that even if I could afford it, I won't. But the bigger thing in this is that I somehow got a freedom, and then I somehow got a burden. I somehow was released, and I somehow was contained. 
And this is something that will always be. I wish I could give you a nice ending, a calm ending to this story. One that says, and then I'm going to be better and live happily ever after. But all it is, is me constantly working. And all I can have in gratitude in this story is to the person, my fiance, my future husband, who was the first catch, who was able to get me out of that sea. Thank you. Listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Natalie Grace Alford, and The First Time 4 performed Love Goes Where My Rosemary Grows by Edison Lighthouse. The First Time 4 is Steve Frisbee, Liam Davis, Gerald Dowd, and Scott Stevenson. To hear more first time pieces, check out the series website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. And you can find other podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org/podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.